0: Your help, sound ushering team, cleaning team, everyone that helps and serves uh, to make our services possible. Appreciate you, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew 18, starting in verse 1. If you were here on Wednesday night, Pastor Brent preached from the same text. So maybe God's trying to tell us something, and so. I heard that he preached from the same text so i called him up and i said send me your sermon so i make sure we're not doing the same thing or even if we are doing the same thing who cares um and so i checked it and it's it's a little different there's one section where it's similar um but you probably can't even remember what he preached on wednesday I'm sorry. Yeah. so so um, while we we're over in brisbane um i was yeah one thing that really i don't know for some reason really struck a chord in my heart is when um you, know, you heard when kobe bryant passed away on monday morning Woke up to all these text messages and I was really sad, like I'm a, I'm a basketball fan and um, it shook a lot of people and um, you see uh, maybe on the news you've seen online all the things that have been said for him, about him, um, been following a few of the, the, the news on, on YouTube and a few of the uh, people telling his story about his life and these are all of the millions, just one, his Old team, that teammate Shaquille O'Neal. We just spoke about him, and in four days, I had 11 million views, and all of them are millions and millions of views um, because this guy was a global icon. People remembered him. People are distraught about him. Uh, they cancelled a game uh, the day that he, the second day that he passed away. Uh, he's won five championships. He's been an MVP, two times a Finals MVP, MVP, 18-time All Star, four-time All Star MVP, 15-time. All NBA team, 34-time player of the month, Academy Award, and I can go on all morning about this guy. And they talk about his greatness, talk about his greatness, and they want to change the logo of the NBA to this guy. Uh, and this is, they've done all these things all this outpouring, and because of his greatness. And so, but the question I have is: Was he great? Was he great? D.R. Moody's got one of my favorite quotes. He said, Our greatest fear should not be failure. It should be being successful in the things that don't really matter. Pastor Mitchell says many times that, that death is the. Is, uh, he says, How does he say it? It to the playing field. What that means is that it doesn't matter what you've got here on earth. When we die, we're all on the same level. If you're a superstar, homeless, it doesn't matter. When we die, we're all on the same level. There's a difference between significance and success. Success isn't fulfilling, but success is what you do. Significance is fulfilling because it's what you do in others. So I want everybody here to be successful. I pray that you are successful. I I mention that in my prayers all the time. But more so than being successful, pray that you will be significant in the kingdom of God. Be great. And the truth is to become great in the kingdom of God. God, the keys to being a child. So I'm going to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Essence of Greatness, and maybe the subtitle would be, Are You Great? Are You Striving for Greatness? From Matthew 18, starting verse 1, At the time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, and said in the midst of them, and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted, and become... As little children, that's a big statement. Yet converted and become—that means that means there's a, there has to be a massive change. Unless you are converted and become like a little children, you by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a big statement. You won't even make it to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's pray. This morning, God, we're grateful for your word. We're grateful for your presence here. We're grateful for the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. Lord, I pray, raise up men and women to become great. Let us be converted. Let us become little children. God, let us enter the kingdom of heaven. God, the plans and purposes you have for us, God. I rebuke the spirit of pride, of self-exaltation, of self-promotion, of self-worship. But we deny ourselves and we worship the only one who is worthy of worship. We worship you, O God that your presence be in this place. We thank you for what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody says? Amen. Amen. And the essence of greatness. I actually wrote this sermon with some of the young men on the impact team, So they did a really good job. So this is what they said. All right? So if you get upset, you can speak to them. Yes. First, let's look at learning greatness. Learning greatness. And many people don't really understand greatness. Uh, the word great means to be remarkable in magnitude, degree, uh, degree uh, effectiveness, use a generalized term of approval. That doesn't really mean much, right? So it's like, I want to be generalized as a term of approval. No, that's, that's not So, we need to see greatness in the way Jesus saw it. Ever seen these pictures? We've got this picture here. So what do you see here? Do any you know of you see a young woman facing to the right? So some, you can see it like that. see like a triangle pointed out here, this is like her jawline here, that's her ear, it's like the eyelash and the nose, right, you can see her facing that way, that's her scarf covering, so it's a young woman facing that way, or it could be an old lady, this could be the mouth, that could be her nose, that could be her eyes, right, so it's the same picture, but you can see it two different ways, and so we need to see it the right way. Many times the world offers greatness, but we're not seeing it the right way. And we can see it one way, but Jesus says that's not greatness. You can see the same thing, but see it a different way. So you can put that down. The world has an interesting view of greatness. It's about self-promotion. It's about self-centeredness and self-orientated work. There's a saying in the sports world called the GOAT. And the GOAT means, it stands for greatest of all time. And this is usually in sports, and they compare each other. Who is the GOAT, especially in the NBA? Uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they're in the fight. Who is the goat? Who is the greatest of all time? And there's always this fight. And in that text, the disciples are having a goat conversation. Who is the goat disciple? It says in verse 1 At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? This is their desire. And this is an overwhelming um, theme for the disciples. They were always fighting about who is the greatest. James and John, at one point, they got their mum to go ask Jesus, so they could be great. Matthew 20, 20 and 21. The mother of Zebedee's sons, that was James and John, came to him with with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. No, with her sons. So her sons are standing behind her, and she's walking up to Jesus. He said to her, what do you wish? And she said, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and one on the left, and your kingdom." It's like, you got your mum to go ask Jesus? It's like, do you send your mum to go get a promotion at work? Can you, can you send your mum to go get a job? But they're sending their mum. So he goes, what do you want? And they say, we want to sit on the right and the left. And basically, it's like a function. Like when we have a wedding, the best man sits next to the, the groom. The maid of honour sits next to the bride. And they're at the top. They're, they're the most honoured guest above, and next to the bride and the groom. And this is what they're saying. We want an elevated position, guys. We want to sit at the top. We want people to notice us. We want to be elevated above others. And that's Matthew 20. Earlier in Matthew 20, I preached a sermon a few weeks back about the labor to our laborers. How Jesus wants people to labor for him. And that's the whole point of that, that scripture is that we labor for God and that he gives out his blessing and he gives out blessing to everybody who labors. And so he just says that, talks about serving, and they say, we want to be great. How do we be above everybody else? When Jesus just gave a parable, about being even even with other people. Then, straight after that, is chapter, can you put that one back? Is that verse 20? Yeah, that's verse 20. In verse 17, 18, and 19, Jesus predicts his death. Right? Let me get it from you right here. Verse 19, deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. That's verse 19. Verse 20. Grant that my son sit on your left and your right. What the heck? So Jesus is talking about self-sacrifice and they miss the point. He spoke about self-sacrifice and there's a concern about self-elevation. The problem is we can come to church. We can spend time with Jesus. We can hear the message of the cross and still think, how can I do with no. no. And to be honest, I, I did a for years. And I don't think I've really got a handle on it completely. If you have, you can counsel me after the service. And so, they did this many times. First they did it, they got James and John, they got the task Then they had an argument, who was the greatest, Luke 22, 24 to 26. And there was also a dispute among them, as to which of them should be considered the greatest, right? They're still fighting over this. That's Luke 22. Do you know what else Jesus does in Luke 22? Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. He just says, this is my body. It will be broken for you. This is my blood that will be spilt, that will be poured out for you. Verse 24. And there was a dispute among them as to who will be considered the greatest. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Jesus? Can you imagine sitting? Knowing you're going to die tomorrow. And you're telling your friends, "This I'm going to die. I'm going to die for you. I'm gonna, my blood is going to be spilled. I'm going to be whipped, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to have a crown of thorns in my head. And you get to the end of that and you think, what are they going to say? They say it. And you hear someone talking at the back. What are they talking about? James and John have an argument, Peter, they're like, what, are they, what are they talking, what are arguing about? They don't want me to die. It's like, guys, no, it's not, i this world. what's going to happen, I'm going to die here. And then Jesus listens. And the only arguing about Jesus They're arguing about themselves. Arguing about who's going to be the greatest, and Jesus said, oh, just, "I'm just—I'm going to die tomorrow." Three times, Jesus predicted his death in the Bible. Three times, immediately afterwards, people tried to be great, and that was the um, the disciples mindset. But unfortunately, church that hasn't changed in 2,000 years. We preach the message of the cross, and people refuse because they want to be great. Many have the same attitude of greatness, to self-focused greatness. How can I be great? How can I be lifted up? People try and look good on social media so they can look great. I wanna be great. I wanna be popular. I wanna be elevated. They do this through entertainment. People play sports so they can be great to lift up their own name. This is who I am, look how great I am. People get positions, even at work. You know anyone in your, in your work that's trying to get a position? Not because they want to work for people, just because they want to get a name for themselves. Yeah. It's scary. That can happen in church. We have a ministry that needs to be filled, and people only want to feel it because they can be seen. But then if there's a ministry that no one sees, it's very hard to fill that position. Follow <coughs> up. So, we can have this. We can have this money. People want to be great, so I can have a lot of money, so I can be great. But you're looking at greatness wrong. So, but can I say bringing a balance here. Desiring greatness is not wrong. It's actually right. Jesus wants us to desire greatness. In our text, they're they're fighting over who's the goat. John's like, well, the Lord loves me more than all of you guys. I'm the one that the Lord loves. Peter's like, yeah, Jack, man, i walked on water. And then, you know, James is like, yeah, well, you sank, so, uh," you know. And so they're just arguing and all that. But I would have been vexed, right? If I was going to die tomorrow, and they were worried about who's great among them when they're nothing, and I'm God, I'd be like, I'll just kill all you. You know what I mean? Like it's why am I even why are we having this conversation? Right? But he didn't even get upset. He didn't even rebuke them for wanting to be great. In fact, he tells them how to be great. Isn't that interesting? Because many Christians today say, oh, I don't want to be great. I want to be That's not Christianity. Christianity is I want to do everything. I want to be great in you are God. I want to do everything that you've called me to do. And we have this fake humility. Like, oh, I just, I don't know, I just don't want to, I just don't, no, you just don't want to surrender to God. That's, that's what it really is, right? So Jesus tells them how to be great. So let's look secondly at uh, living greatness. That's learning greatness, that's what it means. Well, that's thats learning what it, what it isn't really. Let's look at what it is and living greatness. And again, we live in self promotion, self exaltation, self centeredness, self orientated. There's a lot of self. It's not great right. selfies. Everything's not something, but that's not what Jesus calls great. In fact, Jesus calls for great the opposite of something, right? Matthew sixteen twenty-four. Jesus said to his disciples, "If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That's the right? NLT. It says you must give give up your own way. So I'll give you these ones, Grace up on the screen. The next one. Uh, God's Word translation says, you must say no to the things that you want. In the Message translation, it says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. How that? Just put that on your fridge.
1: Don't run from
0: suffering. Embrace it. You should put it on the toilet door, and you close the toilet, and you go to the, close the door. Just have that there. Just, just a reminder of self, right? So Jesus, in our text, says it's obviously not self-promotion. So Jesus tells us, in our text, very clearly what it is. Verse 18. At the time, disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as his little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you read the Bible... When you study the Bible, if something's repeated, it's important. Three times he repeats the kingdom of heaven in these short verses. Four verses, three times he says kingdom of heaven. Now what is the kingdom of heaven? It's simply how God operates, how God views life, how God works, how God values, what he elevates, what he looks for, what he expects, what he requires, what he desires, what he sees, what his intentions are. This is the kingdom of heaven, his plans and his purposes. And in our text, the Psalms like, how can we be great in the kingdom of heaven? And that sounds good, but they don't really understand the kingdom of heaven. They think the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. I can be great and everyone will love me. That's not the kingdom of heaven. It's just being great in God's eyes and doing God's will. And Jesus said, you want to be great? That's good. This is how you do it. You become converted and you become like a little child. Right? Where's Madison? Is she awake? Are you still awake, Maddie? You want to come to the stage for me, Maddie? that be okay? this before. Well done. Right, let's give Madison a hand little children don't cause major family issues. They don't walk out of home in a puff. Sick of this house? Leave it. They don't leave the church because someone gets them upset. You have childlike faith it's sure whatever you whatever you say right. dependency right did you buy your clothes who bought your clothes yeah and so mum bought your clothes she made you some food looks after you right because you need your family or else you can't live by yourself can you no you can't you're too young that's right <laughs> How many Christians try and live by themselves think they don't need God? I don't need this. I thought my way. can't survive without your parents. But the real issue, and the whole point of this sermon, that was my intro. Because yeah, being a child in those days means you were a servant. That's what a child be meant in those days. Matthew 23, 11 says, The greatest among you must be a servant. Must. Jesus calls us to be selfless. The Lord calls us to be selfish. Follow your dreams. Follow your plans. Follow your heart. Good luck. We've got this quote here. To us as Jesus followers... Serving isn't just what we do. Servants are who we are. It's our life. We don't just serve when we've got time. We are servants. That's, our, that's everything. Have you ever met a non-tackling rugby player? Maybe you have. They suck, right? Do you like playing with them? It's horrible. Because all they want to do is get the ball and run, but they'll never attack. Have you ever met a non running sprinter? <laughs> They're probably not very good, right? It's impossible. Have you met a non serving Christian? Every day. But all of a sudden, oh, you can I'm a Christian. Well, you're like a sprinter who doesn't run. If you're a Christian who doesn't serve. All the right, there, Good. Can you stand a little bit longer? This article says, Last week, a 41-year-old Italian woman called Laura Messi put on a white dress and veil to walk down the aisle. She met only the officiant at the end of it. With her 70 guests as her witnesses, Messi was there to marry herself. There was a three-tiered cake and dancing and a subsequent solo honeymoon in Egypt. You can have a fairy tale even without the prince, she told the Italian newspaper. This, this happens actually a lot. I found out. Can you believe it? That people are literally marrying themselves. It's called sol- sologamy. It means you're solo. It's crazy, right? Have you ever met a Christian that's married to themselves? Oh, please. They put themselves first. They, are, they dedicate every day to themselves. In sickness and in health, in good times and bad times, they are dedicated to themselves. How crazy for someone to marry themselves. That means you are so full of pride that I am the only one worth marrying. No one else can compare to me. I don't know if some of you singles have thought about this, but <laughs> <laughs> this is what a lot of Christians do. It's all about me. It's about me. I'm going to Brisbane. Jesus Christ came to save and seek and save that watch which was lost. Jesus taught us how to be great. Jesus washed the disciples' feet and he says I've done this for you and you do this for others. Alistair Begg said "Um, I really like Alistair Begg. He's a young Scottish pastor preacher who preaches um, in America. He says it's impossible to serve God serving one another. Another person said a measure of a man's greatness is not the number of servants he has, but the number of people he serves. So the question I have before we wrap this up is are you great? And if not, why not? How many people do you serve? I'm not saying you need to go be a pastor to serve people. I'll explain what that do you have a servant heart? Are you a servant? Not do you serve. Are you a servant? Because we have to be like a child to the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that right, mate? He can go sit down. He can go with my When we give Madison a hand? It Let's close with a legacy of greatness. It's on the Impact Team. Pastor Sean and Mary had a great time. Again, you're going to hear testimonies in the video tonight. You're going to see the video tonight, Darren? Yeah, the video's done, but praise (laughs) God, we'll be done by tonight, anyway. And um, one of the things Pastor Sean and Mary said to me over and over and over and over again, they said they couldn't believe how serving our church was. They couldn't believe how much they helped set up, pack up, get involved, minister to other people. One time, Sean, uh, Pastor Sean, brought this up many times. He said when someone those are the two older ladies that came to church, uh, and the teenage girls Cole, Lella and one of the moms are They sat with them the whole evening service, got their details, walked them to their car, fellowship with them afterwards.
1: He goes, "How do I get my girls to do
0: that?" I said, "You all did, not I know, him, I did not <laughs> 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 But there was something about our church that wants to serve all of you here you can all be great in the kingdom of God you can be great in the kingdom of God if you serve if you serve and again I'm not talking about being a missionary in Africa because if I, you know D.L. Moody got a cool quote he said, there are many of us who are willing to do great things for the Lord but few of us are willing to do little things Start by serving lunch. Start by doing little things for people. Start by caring for people. Start by doing things that look insignificant. The needs of the church. There's always more needs in the church. There's always more things that need. Follow up. Do you know how many people we need for follow up? We have so many people getting saved. And we need people to care for them. We need people to love them. We need people to reach out for them and, and love them like they're their own brother or their own sister. Good. We, need, we need a lot of people on that we need people praying before church and I love hearing people praying before church but do you know how much that, that makes a difference in the service when you come and you pray when you come early to church when you encourage and when you give this, this makes such a difference and maybe people, other people might not see all that you do and we don't do it for others to be seen but understand when you serve others you are actually serving Christ Right. You can't be thinking i don't want to serve that person because jesus said when i was hungry you fed me when i was naked you clothed me when i was in prison you visited me and they said when did you do this and jesus said when you did it for the least of these every time you've helped someone you've helped jesus right that's awesome that's a great thought it's a scary thought every time we've neglected to help All of us can have incredible legacies. There's a lady in the, in the Bible called Tabitha. You've probably never heard of Tabitha. She's got another name, which is weird. Acts 9.36 says, There was a believer in Joppa named Tab- Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. Poor girl. Like, you know. Boy, she's a beautiful name, Tabitha. And then they give her Dorcas. I wonder what her nickname was. Um, and so it says here she was always doing kind things for others, helping the poor always. That was her life. That's all she did. Right? She made clothes for people. This was one of the things she did. She got sick and she dies. Right? Look what happens when she dies. In verse 39 and 40. And Peter rose and went with them. And when he had come, he brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping. Showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with him. So here she is. She's, she's dead in the upper room. Yet everyone's wearing her life. What a legacy to have that when you pass away, everything you have is still it's still with touching other people. Because when you serve, you're significant. And when you're significant, you live on. You live on through other people. You are a blessing to other people. When you die, we're all gonna die one day. And but we don't stop. Our legacy lives on. What a powerful way that when we die, other people are wearing our life. What a way to go out. And she gets resurrected. Probably thought, I just want to go to heaven. But <laughs> let me close with three really quick things. I'm not preaching tonight. so it'll be fine. I'm preaching a little bit tonight. First Corinthians four one. I was going to write the whole sermon on this, but I'll just put a little bit in here because it's pretty heavy, and I don't think we can go through all sermon on this. It says, "Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ." That's that's cute, but. What does it mean here, servants? This word servant is actually the word minister, which means a very low slave, the lowest of the lows and under-roller. So what they would have in these times, they have these Roman warships, and you might have seen on the movie, this, how they, they row underneath, and all the slaves are underneath, and they're rowing, they don't have engines, and they're rowing. You see the guy at the front, he's beating the, the, with this hammer, and they're all rowing to the right drumbeat, and they're rowing in time. just keep that up there for me. And um, Paul says, that's who I am. But these under you need to understand, they're slaves. And they are chained to that bench that they're rowing on. And this, this under is it's the lowest slave, which means they will never be free. As soon as that chain is clipped around their, their wrist and around that, that beam, they will never be free. They will die there. Never, they will never be unchained. And for the rest of their life, they will be in the lowest of the lower of the ship. Working for someone else who tells them faster, slower, now, stop, go, and for their whole life that's what they're doing until they die. And Paul says, That's who I am to Jesus Christ. He goes, I'm chained to Christ now. I'm in the lowest of the lows. I'm in service to the king. Paul says, this is who I am. Not when I find time, not if I'm free that weekend, not if this is my calling. People are like, what's my calling? Let me tell you what your calling is, to be a servant. Right. So that all your problems. What does it say in the Bible? So it says, like, I just preached the gospel." Funny when people say, it's no longer I can live but Christ who lives in me. Christ was a servant. So does Christ live in you. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 6, he says, I in verse 20 he says, I'm in, Paul says, I'm in chains now as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what a legacy worth living, by. Right? Maybe we're looking at greatness the wrong way. How many people know me? How many people like me? How much money I have? What position I have? That's not greatness. Greatness is how many people you serve. i tell you someone who's great. A lady by the name of Macy. Remember I spoke about Macy, my Sunday school teacher. She's with Jesus now. Have you heard me say I've said this many times? things. Jesus first, others second, yourself last, the key to joy. Do you know who told me that? Macy told me that. When I was 10, song here we played at Nacy's 70th, it talks about being thankful for what God has done, you can play it. Isn't it good to know that
1: God's grace, you come into a room you don't even feel worthy to be in, but there's so much love you know it's home, praise a dream though? Jesus in my heart, so thank you for giving to the Lord, cause I am the life that was changed To the Lord Good news, I have good news the, the
0: good news is God wants you He has a plan for your life There's a purpose for
1: life. There's a reason for existence Don't give up Don't let the headlines fight you God is still sovereign He's still on the road And those of us who follow Him and serve Him Have a future that's brighter than tomorrow One by one they came as your eyes could see, each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices you made. the Lord. He said, my child, look